listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black O'Cott Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Den. It's been a minute. We skipped last week because of, or was it the week before? I don't know. I've lost track of time because your girl is tired. I mean, exhaustingly so. The way in which my mouth is getting a whole lot of exercise this week is rather appalling to me. So we are getting podcasts later in the week this week, but I did throw out there that my schedule was very precarious. I think I'm from now on, I'm just going to be like, these are feedback deadlines. When you get the damn material is when you get it. It will be somewhere sometime before the end of the week. That is what I can guarantee. Everything else, I cannot. (laughs) Being real transparent right now. But we did come back to the den to some fun episodes. I like both of these, Mixed Dish and 911. Let's jump into Mixed Dish first. So I watched this episode what feels like in a time capsule some weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure it was only a few days and I didn't take a lot of notes and I did want to touch on episode two because I just could not. Uh, Brand New Funk written by Angel Nacelle who worked on Scrubs and directed by Anton Cropper. I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10 because it cracked me the hell up. Let me, I'm just going to go through my notes because I really don't remember the exact premise of what we were set up on. Oh wait, it was about when to stand up for yourself and when to not stand up for yourself as a black woman and a very not only male but white male driven work environment i believe is where we kind of started off with this i'm trying not to bleed into the next episode so i'm just gonna leave it there and then we'll see if i remember correctly which episode went where dd talking about she on an extended break because she ain't uh trying to get fired or she ain't trying to quit she trying to get fired so she gets unemployment and that's life imitating art right there because that's my mama right now I'm like, why don't you just, I'm waiting for them to fire me. Like, I understand that in some respects, but at the same time, why you gotta be like that? Why can't you just get a job that you like and continue to work there for more than two weeks? That would be preferable than living off of unemployment. Like that shouldn't be the rational backup plan. The rational backup plan would be to get another job. But this also is the episode that Rainbow is allowed to have the key because the parents ain't home. I remember those days being the eldest and I hated it too. I hated it. My mom gonna come over the other day talking about, man, they was so mean to you growing up. I'm like, you ain't got to tell me I was there. Your ass was, we'll talk about that later. But (laughs) 
because she was all feeling in her emotions that day she was like i was such a bad mom i was like oh there could have been worse there have been worse i should say you did your best <laughs> they mean i'm i would ever i would, and that's just how i am as a person i would never criticize because man people are people and when you have children the first thing you know is shit is hard and your emotions are not always rational you want to you know move past also cycles that are in their past because let's not even get into my grandma but i'm not about throwing people's mistakes in their face like 40 20 years later that you know i i would like to have and i am have moved on <laughs> from what and i know that's not the case for everybody but that is also how you become a, a better person and, and have some growth is being able to rise above uh things that have happened to you or been done to your day because you know everybody ain't had a good life and people still be successful so for me to always be like that that's the premise of why you went down a bad path at some point you got to make your own damn decisions and a lot of people have done it with less so I'm not about to sit here and talk about the mistakes you made. I am more trying to stop making the mistakes I'm already making in my life because in the end, your life is yours and mine is mine. And I have to define it by the things that I value and find important. And I can tell you right now, and we joke about it all the time, that th me and my mom are night and day. We are very similar people, but we are night and day. And from where I went, it, it was a lot of legwork for myself <laughs> so i say that as someone who did come from and that's why i don't let that shit just slide i'm like yeah i can see and i will empathize and all that jazz but at the same time i'm not looking at you like okay so your daddy didn't show up to your baseball games did you have food did you have a roof over your head were you being beaten I mean, these are some basic ass shit that some people still have to go through and make it. I probably just like ramble for a whole five minutes because I quite frankly don't even know what I was just talking about. <laughs> That's what happens when you day drinking. Black people hot salad had me dying. Collard greens, y'all. I love me some collard greens. I do not eat them very often because you need to make them right. And a lot of people do not. My daddy used to make them right and then he got lazy so he don't make them good anymore but yes calling that black people hot salad had me in tears i love santi so much and i love the fact that they giving johan some personality because him saying i know what i want when he's she's asking for them for snacks for you to not be in charge and then santi said "Ooh, i'll have the same why is james So here for this because this shit is realistic y'all some fucking man younger siblings are assholes <laughs> i wouldn't have been like rainbow was i'm like do not go outside and do not break shit like they was acting all types out of control skating down the damn steps this reminded me of the movie don't tell mom the babysitter's dead i freaking love that movie so much <laughs> i used to watch it on repeat but yeah they was and then cutting up my damn clothes oh no oh no 
that would not i don't know what am i talking about i used to cry in the bathroom (laughs) but they were bullies they were absolute bullies and then what's this line regarding i do not know oh i didn't know you were pregnant oh when the dude is smoking in the room (laughs) and she's like thank you for putting that out and she says oh i didn't know you were pregnant (laughs) that's awful that's awful and then this is the episode that they finally gave uh paul a white friend and i'm here for this as well i love it i love it love it love it so much because i don't care how woke you are you still white and he needs someone to do the rock thing she's like they did that for 45 minutes (laughs) straight but this is someone that his father hates and he's always jonesing on him so he finally has someone to use against harrison he then invites him they just go in the backyard and just start talking for five seconds and then harrison leaves and he's like okay you want to stay for dinner he's like great because you know my wife divorced me or i divorced my wife one or the other she cheated and ran off and then he gonna say i've never had soul food before that was chinese (laughs) Show up for Thanksgiving and we'll show you soul food. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat. You and you know he will because as someone <laughs> that has a multi-racial family, I can tell you, for all I have known in my years, there's always been that random white dude that shows up at thanksgiving you'd be like who is this person whose friend is he who invited him here he's like i came for the fucking soul food man be smashing taking fucking plates and now um i should say it was always like a solitary one and then now that we have expanded our racial rainbow it's like four or five of them every year <laughs> just showing up some people do drive-bys too don't you hate that the thanksgiving drive-by i came to pick up a plate what you mean you came to pick up a plate motherfucker do i look like the boston market i did not do all this work so i mean we but that's literally became thanksgiving now <laughs> well, my mom does most of the work what am i talking about but she be going having plates ready now she even get the sophisticated ones where they're sectioned off <laughs> instead of the one and then smashing another one on top of it because no one ever brings enough Reynolds wrap and Tupperware for some reason is never an option and then they were talking about um Tom Cruise he came out with Risky Business this year which Rainbow is all into and then I'm thinking Tom Cruise has more to regret than than just jumping up and down on Oprah's couch I think there's also uh mission impossibles four through infinity and beyond there's also eyes wide shut jack reacher a lot of things pretty much after his 80s phase rainbow tries to get all strict with the kids and santa gonna say you better take that bass up out your voice (laughs) and then johan comes down the stairs once again and she gonna say why do you keep surviving and you know she can't snitch him out because of the sibling snitch code because if you snitch someone out yeah you gonna get dragged the fuck because she can't do that (laughs) so she's trying to contain the situation instead of film them doing a ratchet ass mess and then letting the parents whoop them like they should be whooped no she's trying to handle it herself 
Ribbing is away Harrison shows affection apparently and he was born in the Great Depression when feelings weren't involved or invented so this is why he is the way he is because they dragged the shit out of him when they was making that song and they brought up the fact that his wife left him for a lesbian. <laughs> oh, I could not stop laughing because you looked at Paul was like, oh, that was too far. But at the same time, yes. <laughs> like I have suffered a long ass time. You deserve all of that. And then Denise and Alicia, they were battling back and forth what it means to be a strong black woman. And it is all down to picking your battles. Because I was like with Denise too. I'm like, you can't act like... Because that's what my mama does all the time. She is absolutely 100% Denise. And I'm kind of a little bit on the Alicia side of it. But not for Alicia. Because Alicia annoying as fuck too. But i'm definitely be like denise is not so simple like you got to get some emotional <laughs> growth and i'm like alicia you also need to get a backbone and don't forget that you are still black because i've had to to draw that very thin line i'm sure all of us ladies have had to do that as black women in predominant workforces that's just what we got to do there's some that want to stay in the i'm mad i do all the fucking work and i never get any credit so i want to be bitter and curse everyone out and then you got the ones that's like let me play this fucking game the way it's meant to be played and then use my blackness to my advantage when i need to intimidate a white person to shut the fuck up catch me outside how about that i mean the minute you get that look on your face they definitely take about three to four steps back and stop talking to you in the manner in which they are using that tone let's get into mixed dish season two episode three which i have a lot more notes on on my own written by jim brandon and brian singleton directed by todd beerman i gave this one a lower episode that's why i wanted to discuss the previous one because i laughed a lot more whereas this one i gave it an 8.1 out of 10 johan and santi dragging a mama when she tried to act like she had it so bad and relates to jay who is now staying with them he made it seem as if he was a permanent resident the way he introduced him into the house i was like oh my god is this about to be like that story from young and the restless when they brought in the deaf kid y'all remember that story if you watch young and the restless i don't remember his name i never really liked that character anyway and they really did tear her up saying for 10 years she was running around the forest and that granddad basically hired her because no one else will (laughs) when he tries or and it was her fault kind of be like you know i really had it bad no one's ever helped me she's trying to i didn't that's why i didn't like like some of the back and forth on this so i'm just gonna read through my notes because i still actually don't remember much uh if you want the good life marry a white guy that is what santi tells <laughs> oh that's the part that i was laughing about too talking about she was running naked around the forest and johan was like that was mom and look connection to a rich white guy is not a bad problem to have okay it's it's use the tools in which you have been given you know i'm sure black people had a choice of do we want to jump on after slavery after they were freed emancipated 
Uh, we ain't nothing stopped us from jumping back on a boat and rolling back over to our homelands. But a lot of us after that point had been generations born on American soil. We were now black Americans. And we took advantage sometimes of these white relationships that weren't all horrible. Clearly they weren't all horrible or we would not have had emancipation in the Civil War in the first place. So to say that you did do can lift yourself up all by yourself and that it may not require help from not only a white person an indian person uh a mexican person i mean if if any type i even said that wrote that down korean anyone is rather i don't know why i don't know why she put so much emphasis on that and i think they were going in a direction that was meant to go somewhere but just kind of lost its mess because black men do have a really stereotyped role in society especially with uh caucasian women if you're gonna go that route with this story you probably need to have it done with a black male and i think that's where i probably just disconnected completely because alicia was trying to make her experience jay's experience and then we really didn't know what jay's experience was we're making a lot of suppositions in between (laughs) that they never really dived into so it's one of those half-assed attempts that i don't necessarily enjoy thoroughly but maybe the feedback will give me a little bit more insight into maybe what i possibly was missing I did really laugh at the joke of the least successful Jackson at this point in time in history was Janet. Like, bitch, I'm the only one mentally stable, financially set, and alive. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I love those kind of jokes. Rainbow finds herself in love for the first time or second time ever with Jay. This is when she realized she would marry a black man. And he just looks at her like, um okay girl get out of my face because you are a child and i am almost a grown-ass man and when she was french kissing that bowl that was disgusting i have never done that a day i have been very infatuated i have never french kissed the bowl of what he was eating his cereal that's just no i'm not cross-contaminating i know that french kissing involves your tongue and their tongue but that's a heat of the moment shit i'm not trying to do it to your actual saliva i also thought it was rather shitty that alicia and paul started this very petty competition on who can influence the black kid more and then in the end alicia was calling him disgusting and i'm like well you're equally disgusting because you're trying to prove that you're still black because you married a white man so I felt both of them were, and I and I almost felt worse for Paul because, no, actually, I, he should hurt himself. He was trying to take all the credit. <laughs> I take that back. Um, he wants to get a pat on the back for helping a black person out, and I get where they were coming at the end of this. Again, I just wish it was better executed. So he opened his home to a black kid. He bought him a suit instead of i don't know helping him study (laughs) like all the things he could do to assist him he didn't do and that's where i wasn't like you just want to you know showboat versus actually put in the work and then you have alicia she trying to act like she don't need a leg up or have taken advantage of opportunities and then you have alicia who has made him the like intern or just watch shadow me all day 
and showing like oh see i can talk to my bosses this way i do all this work i earn partner he's like your job is boring as shit she's like no you can he's like you could be a successful lawyer but what if he don't want to be a lawyer what if he wants to be someone else what if he wants to be a dj is he less black because he wants to be a dj what are you trying to make a point of saying either one of you (laughs) i just to me and this is where i think it rubbed a little wrong or inauthentic is that it felt as if she was proving i'm still black just because i'm dating a white guy doesn't mean i'm still black and thus i need to prove myself to a black man that yeah i'm dating a white person that's opposite you but i'm still with you still down and then look how i'm using this to my advantage to i don't know what circumvent whiteness it got lost in translation that's all i'm saying because <laughs> i wanted to slap her by the end of it more than i wanted to slap him because first and foremost you are married to a white man paul so the minute he brought that white boy or that black kid home and he did not need no damn help who should have been the first one telling him that you should have been the first one telling him that like no 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 we don't even know if this dude is underprivileged like george was the most rational person out of this whole entire thing he was like look are you doing this out of a desire so you look good for helping a black head succeed or is it you know this black kid does he need even your damn help why do you feel you need to help the under the privileged is he even underprivileged we didn't know if he he got a bad home situation why did you bring him home to the first was he doing bad in school you said he was a kid with promising uh, potential what does that mean too many very unvariables like that you will fuck up a story for me if you are analyzing it i do like how they set up the whole uh garage to be included kind of every week now it is adorably hilarious every time i go over to visit griff who says afro american (laughs) Uh, i guess far more to do though uh than just dd with harrison and alicia at the office I i think they're really managing season two well as far as the storylines feel a little bit more balanced out and not center focused on particularly what rainbow's doing this week so i think that's a really good change to the pace of the show but alicia co-signing george that he's gross for being a white male trying to help a black man that doesn't need it just to get credit like what the fuck are you doing you're trying to get credit for helping a black man as a successful black woman (laughs) maybe if someone else had called him gross it wouldn't have felt so below the belt but coming from her it just felt hypocritical (laughs) he didn't see it and he just thought he was trying to help him and he overstepped but it going as far as it went is mostly your fault girl i'm sorry he really honestly in the way he even said no no break it down to me because i'm don't compute and you can be woke and you still can learn either way (laughs) i i felt this was the opportunity for them both to but only one really did but then she did admit that she lashed out at him calling him gross because she felt less than because um 
getting receiving help from white people can be a pride thing it'd be nice if the actual kid was the one giving any emotion about the matter and that's where i also lost the storyline like everyone again was being in their feelings about the matter and no one actually like i had no idea who the fuck jay was what his desires were what his motivations were this was all about how the adults were reacting based on their own biases and ideas versus what jay actually was thinking uh he didn't he he looked like he looked nothing but pleased to be there he didn't look as if he was stressed out about what paul was doing or feeling a certain way or that he was even bothered like he had no opinion on the matter and that's where once again the story doesn't compute necessarily and then him saying bye kid to rainbow and she's all like he gave me a nickname (laughs) she's so stupid uh alicia does seem to be making inroads with her partners despite their typical 1980s behavior because in a lot of ways this is 1980s behavior if you were a woman and you walked in the the office quite frankly they probably wouldn't differentiate you from the black one to the white one at this point which is probably why you have trump women at this uh point moving forward in history as well because they really didn't like that and then why was he around so much dd she had me dying she was i don't understand if he is not becoming a lawyer why was he around so much and that is how we ended mixes let's jump into 911. So this was a good episode episode four of season four 911 what's your grievance written by nadia abbas madan madin 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 i know one of those were right directed by brianna malloy i give this rating a 9.4 out of 10 the episode begins at a block party and you could not do this stuff in the ghetto because then the police would show up and things would go down in a different kind of manner and it wouldn't start with a Karen noise complaint it would start with a actual why you playing that damn hip-hop music so damn loud it's 11 p.m at night type of situation uh, she's calling about them having said a uh, party outside and she clearly doesn't say black people but she means black people because that's what she associates with music that has beats then these two kids spray her in the face with water guns and she calls them hooligans with guns when she calls 911 not saying that they're water guns until uh she gets dispatched all in a flurry to assist her then she go ask for May's supervisor and see this is what i'm talking about y'all white people don't intervene for us because he was about to take that call so quick and when she put her hand up like no hell no just because you asked for my supervisor does not mean i need to produce them you should try that in my job ask for a supervisor (laughs) you is not getting one i assure you you will not you might get their voicemail and then if they listen to the phone call and you handled it perfectly you sure shit ain't getting another call back because all they gonna do is tell you 
my css was correct um is there anything uh, there's nothing i'm gonna do for you and i tell people i'm like there's nothing they're gonna do for you you can leave a message and i'm guarantee you most likely they're not gonna call you back they're not because it's been addressed you just need to accept that the answer is no and move on with your life then she is actually really assaulted and killed while still on the phone Cover, 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 chameleon you come and go you come and go at the crime scene buck and eddie decide that they are detectives now trying to prove to athena that they got skills to pay them bills and fail epically in their yard mystery with athena dragging their attempt to collaborate her or corroborate her into the true crime podcast that they was planning to rope her into and she dismisses them both once she gets confirmation of death from hen and a very awkward chimney who has some shall we say dirt (laughs) he harboring a huge ass secret why would she tell her man that and then he had to go to work with with him like i don't know something that can fuck up your life i know something that can screw up my ex's life but i would never because why i don't want no part of it i was really down with chim and albert this like i don't want nothing to do with this even him was like yeah sometimes i want to be out of the drama because then you gonna drag me into it and i got enough of my own going on chronic 911 karen that stole people's mail they have to figure out who's the culprit chimney is like you gotta tell buck the truth because it's killing him to maddie especially now as she has invited the parents to visit he needs to know and i need to stop being weird he doesn't do that but does shock him with the news that um parents are on the way uh they're actually almost here he can't understand why she decided that this was even a good idea she says i want my daughter to have a normal family have some relatives that they can actually interact with and then he said then you should have been knocked up by a guy who has all of that but since he's already in therapy he might as well get the most out of his money and it actually could help so why not i'll give it a try and then he has plenty of support with her chimney and albert but in the end it was really (laughs) just maddie while Chim and Albert are playing basketball, I always sucked at basketball. They, for some reason, called me Shamu when I was playing basketball and not grade school is what they call it here, I believe. What's 6th, 7th, and 8th grade? Not high school. I believe it is grade school. I don't know why. I weighed like all of 129 pounds, and yet I remember during a basketball game, they would shout shamu 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 and i never wanted to play basketball after that (laughs) he reveals buck knows he's hiding something and confirms he is and maddie was crazy to tell his ass to keep it mum. like he is good at keeping secrets albert wants no part of the drama and dips when he says i can at least tell you why are you running why are you running i actually wrote this in my note that food sizzling sounded really delicious (laughs) it's good to see eddie back with some intentional plot moving lines and 
actions this episode as he explains buck is once again talking to his therapist on the phone getting some de-escalation techniques with bobby joking how bad can it be chimney being all extra <laughs> like oh you have no idea and then hen's like i look at maddie and i look at buck and i know there's a story there and then he says you have no idea then he just keeps talking and talking and talking and when he looked up and bobby was standing right there looking for the tea to leak from this dripping teapot i died what the hell's going on i mean what the hell is going on why he slide down that pole like that i just could not stop laughing at that scene i watched it three times <laughs> may tells dad to dad up over her emotional trauma listening to a woman die on the phone that old feeling that is where i know that dude the partner i can't remember his name that be with athena all the time he was in that movie that old feeling with i can't remember the one guy's name but it had bet miller in it as well they interview karen's neighbors she harassed a kid about her lemonade stand i was laughing so hard why was this freaking episode so funny because that little girl was like i love how people are telling me i'm like two nine years old i'm 11 so shut the fuck up it's time to skate but i don't know where the fuck i'm headed up or down right and left life or death i see my the other neighbor is like you know what she was just a deeply unhappy person <laughs> and then we meet his wife who has been developing some new habits to alleviate boredom i feel that because i am trying to develop some few additional habits as well because i'm getting bored first i gotta work on my energy level though that's why i had to get back into doing my exercises because two weeks slacking off can be deadly the couple and archie <laughs> i like that he broke into her yard but then she fucking poisoned him and he told her he hopes she burns in hell and look wishes do come true later bitch get fucked his husband was like boy you is black and these are the police <laughs> they're like oh you don't think we did it though we all got alibis at family dinner with the what do you call them the buckies i don't know what their last names are the fact that chimney gonna talk about the two bottles of tequila are for him bitch i'm trying to get drunk 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 hi i even wrote it in my notes the buckley's arrived <laughs> oh so happy to see maddie and spoil the grandchild with presents but when evan says hello the cold draft you can feel just of disapproval and then they were like oh buck people still call you that nickname uh do people call you howard chimney hey assholes chimney did try to get back at them like oh well you know maddie's birth certificate says she's like, ah. <laughs> i can't not from both sides they still need to like you for right now <laughs> Then these dickwads gonna start talking about, you know, you finally found a good man. You know, you should be careful this late in your, um, cause you got a late age pregnancy. Insist is high risk despite her being like, it's perfectly healthy, the baby. And looking through Buck as if he weren't there and they wished he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Why are they so fucking rude? Madeline totally outed the 
the fact that buck was seeing the therapist and dad asked if there's anything that they should be worried about shut the fuck up he said it like oh are there any memories i should be worried about like what do you mean why would you say that to me did you molest me in my past and you're worried that you that would come up in therapy i don't know why you need to ask that weird ass question the parents then gonna talk about how they needed therapy because of the disappointment and trauma their children's lives have made them and they're all distraught and how therapy helped them and chimney and albert were not even trying to be discreet about executing exiting themselves from the impending fire and waterworks as maddie is upset that they talked about doug to another person that they even brought up doug's name and then they gonna try to act like oh he who shall not be named look motherfucker this ain't harry potter don't be an asshole Kevin too excuses himself probably get a shot of that tequila uh in the kitchen and they're like oh evan seems fine and maddie's like uh i think he's putting on a front delia's house is broken into with someone looking that's karen by the way for something in the mail that they had at the station and they left flour everywhere so that leads them back to the rita ambrose character except her name is really janine crowder wanted for multiple crimes including bigamy may talks to bobby about what she's feeling and i'm glad he got to have a stepdad moment of his own of wisdom and the training wheels are off stanley wentworth calls in to report a planted bomb when may goes back to work and while it appears a prank she checks his social media and determines that he had more than one job i mean this is legit a relevant tool i don't know why he was like you shouldn't have done that why would i not (laughs) this is free information i didn't tell him to put that shit out there they get to the right building and chimney finally lets out what he knows about the secret and this is the perfect situation to focus on his problems but it works because misery does like company and this dude is literally deflating so he offers him his inhaler and knocks him unconscious and it was a nice chimney moment i'll give him that even though i was like were you really about to do this in a bomb situation but what else are you gonna do in a bomb situation <laughs> and it did distract him and this wasn't like he could tell the type of person that was in front of him he fucking someone called because he couldn't even, he wheezing and shit he just needs a good knock on the head Hannah figures out chimney is keeping a secret about buck but she is glad he is growing as a human and whatever it is he should keep it to himself as he thinks that keeping it from him will still hurt him he actually doesn't agree that maddie is keeping it on the dl and also brings up that there's going to be a second family dinner janine admits to the bigamy but not to killing delia when they bring her in she says i'm a lawyer i don't take lives or something to that effect and athena was like like a damn cat she says she threatened her over the lawsuit but delia took the gun and called her bluff the second person to trip on her gnome though and this gets an idea in athena's brain the day that delia was shot she thought that delia killed someone with her gun so she went over to retrieve it but she couldn't get in the yard so it was close to the fence and she says that archie was there turns out uh she did plan to shoot at the neighbors when they the police would not help her 
she saw Archie come into the yard, was yelling at him, tripped over her own known, and shot herself. At the second family dinner, Buck really doesn't want to be here. He hates pretending like his parents aren't pricks, as they tell her she picked a good one this time and heard about their son in the hospital but refused to go to the hospital because of selfish reasons so he would have died and they would have said well you know i don't like hospitals they then bring maddie her baby box and evan is like when do i get mine because he can't believe his parents are sentimental at all chim covers the lack of response from anyone including maddie who only is in her own emotions at the moment because she is gushing over this damn box and then they're gonna say we never agreed to all your choices but we hoped you come to your senses and you did this is rightly too much for evan to hear anymore y'all literally dropped us like we was dead weight because you disagree with our choices you gave up on her and never knew shit about me because you never cared to and i'm in therapy because i felt like nothing but a disappointment to you guys my entire life and then they're gonna say you never made it easy on us please go and die in a fire maddie you shit for wanting to try to reconcile this shit with the big old secret in it you shouldn't have know no you should have did this all by yourself met them up in another city i don't know i felt like her bringing like whatever your personal reasons for they're not bucks they're not the same and you try to make their same the your situation the same but it's not so i was and the fact that he was sticking up for you and you couldn't stick up for your own ass i really hated it (laughs) and then she stupid ass fucking mother with them tears in her eyes i hate the way she was shaking there like oh you act like you're so fucking innocent and so fucking helpless i don't know what you expected us to do be a fucking parent bitch and then he says it much nicer of love me anyway (laughs) buck just wants to hit things when he goes into work the next day eddie tells him he's been down that road before and doesn't recommend it but while his delivery could have improved i disagree i think his delivery was perfectly fine he had a right to tell them what they made him feel and don't need to apologize at all because he thinks he should i'm like don't he's dodging maddie's calls athena gets off a long shift and hears that may has saved lives and comes home to congratulate her disagree yes still love them that's what buck is trying to tell his own parents and while she doesn't agree with may's choices she still loves her and still celebrates her and she says look i'm more sad you didn't bring it to me i had to hear about it and the fact that she was exhausted and she still went home and tried to have something to congratulate her for getting past her training wheel phase and she saved these many people just shows why athena is a great parent but also a great individual and why can't you just adopt me may says she needed to find her way athena tells her bobby didn't tell her and that she is proud then we end the episode with buck and maddie it's finally about to come out i believe on the next episode because he's going through the baby box surprised the parents were sentimental and maddie knows they were once happier 
and he finds a pic of daniel who died and you are practically replaced nine months later once you do the math but it wasn't the same and that's why you feel isolated and alone because you were meant to be a replacement for someone else and then you never lived up and they never really got over that child and you were nothing more than grief and that's really going to fuck with his mindset a whole bunch and probably also why he wanted to date someone that was as old as his mother that was a joke (laughs) supposition on my part but uh he is in therapy let's jump into the feedback what up christina it's mimi sending in feedback for the den um i watched this at the beginning of the week i did write notes but my dumb ass definitely should have uh recorded this a long time ago um i'm gonna start with 911 um because i have so much to say about uh mixed dish because that episode was hilarious i laughed so many times so i'm probably gonna talk more about that so um 911 we um are focused more on the family dynamic of maddie and buck um and i gotta i gotta just first i just want to like just spit this out like i think it's real trifling that maddie told uh chimney and she did not tell buck and it didn't seem like she was going to tell him the secret at all but he found that picture so then she spit it out and i swear i like my mind like when i i don't know what it was like i guess i maybe i thought the age difference was significant but i thought the secret was gonna be that maddie was really buck's mom and the reason that they treated him like that was because uh they didn't know how to tell to tell him that that was not his sister but his mother and then i was like oh no 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 that doesn't make sense i was like oh and then my other theory (laughs) before she actually confessed the truth was oh wait so maybe they had another kid that was older than maddie and he had buck like it was like maybe it was a daughter and she had buck but she died in childbirth so they just raised buck and he just assumed they were the parents and it, you know it got to the point where it was just too late and then they were like you know maddie don't tell him the truth but then they were looking at him and they just you know every time they saw him they thought about their daughter that had died and it made them sad so then they withdrew so that would have been i think a really cool scenario and it might have even made sense why they treated buck the way they did because maybe he looked just like his mom and looking at him made them sad But then the truth came out. (sighs) I'll talk about that in a minute. Because first I want to talk about Chimney. Oh, stupid. Why do people tell him stuff? Like, we know he can't keep a secret. He had the looks. Like, he was looking suspicious. Just looking damn right guilty. Like, we know you hiding something, fool. And Buck wasn't fooled. And I don't understand why maddie told him i understand you don't want to keep secrets but if you weren't planning on telling your brother why the f are you going to tell chimney 
especially knowing that that fool can't keep a secret and if you didn't know that you had no business having a baby by him if you ain't know that fool couldn't keep a secret but when (laughs) chimney was like you know you're my brother to albert and you're gonna know this secret because i can't keep it in i need to tell someone i was like wait a second there is no rule saying that um that says you know you have to siblings have to i have to sit here and listen to your secret that's not a rule i don't want i don't want that that's your that's your family's shenanigans keep me the hell out of it and when he ran away i felt that i was like yep i'm with you because i don't want that either you ain't gonna put that on me that ain't my business think though before i actually ran away i would have told my sisters or my little brother like i would have literally said i don't want to hold a secret about your brother-in-law you can go fuck yourself and and then i would promptly run the hell away because you're not about to put that on me just because you can't hold a secret you should have told her not to tell you no i'm not gonna i am not gonna hold a secret and i'm not gonna be your your release because you can't keep it in like that's your business i don't even remember like the stories around it i just remember like i know they i know they had some cases i know some shit was going on and i'm pretty sure eddie was in the background somewhere i still love me some christopher <laughs> so damn cute um just a side note last weeks i know we didn't record on that because it had been so long but i did think it was adorable the way that um christopher and buck played that trick on eddie because he was <laughs> terrified of the like the generic version of alexa because that guy had that um smart house or whatever (laughs) and they sent him the coffee maker but he ain't wrong like i swear i'll be thinking of something and i'll be scrolling through facebook and it's just there or you look up one thing like oh i can give you an example i bought a swimsuit from this place that i had found I'm, i'm pretty sure i found it on instagram and now it just keeps popping up on facebook like why you all up in my business but i know everything's linked to your phone so it doesn't surprise me because facebook twitter tumblr all that stuff is can be linked to each other like you can post something on one and it'll go to all of them so it don't surprise me and why somebody would have a smart house that just seems silly like people hack into computers all the time like just like i mean she had the password and everything but somebody could hack into there and got all your information they can literally hold you hostage and you ain't got no 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 point but to pay them a ransom or whatever the hell they want like a smart house sounds ridiculous like you don't need to walk in and be like start coffee turn on the shower 37 degrees celsius like seriously dude it it's a a knob just turn it like it's not that serious um i do miss christopher i don't know what's gonna happen with uh, eddie because i do love that little boy and he is his daddy we don't want him to be homeless (laughs) and i feel like buck couldn't adopt him i still think that i want buck and uh, eddie to be together but they are two uh fit fictional characters so if eddie get written out or he end up getting really shitty storylines like they do for killer frost i'm fine with that too he definitely needs some type of punishment 
because uh, he was out of pocket. I still don't think that it was a fireable offense, but I am a strong believer that a showrunner or whoever is in charge has the right to do what they want. And I, I don't know what California laws are, but I know in Illinois, you can fire someone without cause. Like, that's just something you can do. And I learned that from an actual lawyer in Illinois because her sister was talking about suing some place because they fired her. They had cause because I worked at the same place and she was a pretty shitty worker. She was my friend, but I'm being honest, you know, you keep calling off or you come in late without remorse and you're not like they give you warnings. Like you keep saying, okay, I won't, but you're not even trying to be on time. I lived far too and it wasn't an excuse. So just leave earlier. So she got fired and she had good reason. Even if that we weren't in this, Illinois wasn't a state like that, she wouldn't have had a case. But that's neither here nor there. So I know some states. And my assumption, California is probably more um, lawful just because of the ca- kind of Californians that, that actually live there. A lot of, like, I don't, California is kind of big, so, but I would assume they, they're like mean income is pretty high because people in LA and Hollywood and all that stuff um but I don't think he should be fired I think he should get uh less time just so like he can realize like you know let's let this slide or let this clear up over I mean it's been a long enough time that like you guys didn't even remember till I brought it up people might have forgotten already so it might be fine to ease them in Um, But (laughs) I definitely think it would be a teachable moment for them to give him a storyline revolving around what happened to him, maybe make it more relatable so it would stick more. Um, I think using uh, the N word might get him like, but I don't want it to be like you apologize because you know, that's what you're supposed to do. I really want him to learn a lesson. So maybe make the situation more relatable and they have some good writers so I feel like they could do it if they really wanted but I guess only time will tell um back to the actual plot like I said um it turned out that Buck and and um Maddie just had an older brother and it said 88 he looked he was I don't know what like five or six so I'm assuming he's he was younger than Maddie because I did the math and they're nine years apart like if they're if they're using the the actor's real age as the ages for the characters Buck and Maddie Jennifer Love Hewitt is 41 and um I think his name's Evan something the guy that plays Buck he's 29 so it's it's not that far apart I don't know why I can't I think I said nine years that's clearly not math (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to calculate in my head it's 12 years but that's doing the math is what made me realize that maybe they could they weren't going to go that route if they were doing the same age because 12 is kind of young I mean granted kids can a girl can have a baby at 12 but I was like I don't think they're going to do that to Jennifer Love Hewitt's character um but that would have still been better than what happened because to me Buck and <laughs> I just looked up the guy's name it's Oliver Evan Buckley is Buck's name. So I, I don't I knew I didn't make up Evan, but that's that's Buck's name. Um but the storyline with him them having a brother and I'm 
assuming he must have died tragically that doesn't explain why they were like that to 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 buck like because he you had a boy and he's like a replacement but not really so you treat him like shit i don't get it it just you know some parents just shouldn't shouldn't have had kids and it sounds like their parents were not great and very critical and not not nice that's not necessarily terrible parenting some parents just like maybe that's how they were raised they don't know any better i don't know i'm interested to see where it goes from here but that having a brother that died isn't as i guess scandalous as what i thought it was gonna be but i guess it could still be a good storyline that's enough of that let's go to um mixed dish because oh my god i laugh so so much <laughs> that was it was such a funny episode and i gotta tell you santi was the mvp of this episode she had me dying i could not stop laughing like laura mercy like first of all alicia and paul are so extra like i understand you want your kids to like help out society donate but how you gonna how you gonna donate santi's cake before she even get a piece <laughs> that's so ridiculous how these kids on the highway picking up trash y'all play too much seriously y'all make me sick <laughs> and then Bo with her like obsession with uh jay like it was so bad santi is what five six now and even she was embarrassed like Bo was a, a damn fool and she's like when she saw him she knew she was gonna be marry a black man like girl i mean granted the boy is cute he kind of reminds me of morris chestnut when he was younger like they have the same smile the same skin complexion it's like a that beautiful brown like dark dark skin with the nice white teeth like he could play morris chestnut's son they look exactly alike um so i get it bro but you were acting a fool that whole like kissing his bowl of soup or his bowl of uh cereal milk like that was nasty and drinking out of it uh, she's so wretched girl she was like you wouldn't understand it's like you were french in a bowl what is there to understand like i die every funny line or funny expression came from santi either she started it or she was co-signing she had me dying i could not stop laughing um when Bo said that i can't remember what she said she said something something really really stupid about deodorant and the look <laughs> that Santi gave her i was crying i could not stop laughing she turned around and she was looking at her like are you crazy like girl was she is so funny like that little girl is hilarious i don't know if she's gonna get better as this show progresses but right now she has me dying she is literally killing it i can't even huh. <laughs> the other line that santi said that had me dying and then she was and then uh um johan was co-signing it was like i got it if you want if you want the good life marry a white guy <laughs> alicia was like so you guys think that the only reason we uh you know i have what i have is because your dad is white and she they were like yeah 
I felt so bad for Alicia because clearly she had to have worked hard to get into law school. And I wasn't at like Yale or Harvard or something. It was a really prestigious law school. And then to graduate, like you can't just roll out of bed and that stuff happen. You got to work hard for it. But there is absolutely nothing wrong with her getting a leg up in in the workplace because if you think about it what's the likelihood of her getting a prestigious I oh they even said no other law school law firm would hire her like she wouldn't get hired even though she was a lawyer and it makes me think of that uh Ruth Beta Ginsburg Ginsburg is that her name y'all know who I'm talking about um she graduated from law school was in the top of her class I'm pretty sure she was valedictorian and they wouldn't hire her because she had a child like I know the men at y'all companies have children so what the fuck is the difference but because I'm and that's that's the thing about society that pisses me off like we women are expected to do everything like we have to have full-time jobs be a full-time parent and then get penalized when you when you pick your career over your child men do it all the fucking time y'all who who am I having this baby with I can't get myself pregnant so there is nothing wrong with her getting a leg up because her um husband's dad owns a law firm and she still and like regardless of anything she's still a good lawyer like they can talk shit at how you got the job but you get results and then when when uh paul was like laying down the facts like the only law school to do one dude could get in was the law school his family founded like the other guy his dad plays golf with um his father like they don't they got a leg up they only are here because of who they know do you think that that changes what they feel do they think they don't belong there no and i was like you're right and i'm proud of him for for telling her exactly that there is nothing wrong with you getting the leg up and you being there will help the next black woman the next black man get a job and that will be your way of paying it forward so i was glad this episode was really really good it just it brought up a lot of good points um something that i think i can tell you personally i remember and i will never forget this i I don't have a very good relationship with my mom. I know I've talked to you guys about this before. Um, but I remember my mom telling me, she said, my mom is a hot mess and she's always asking me for money. And she's one of those people that just refuses to work. So she gets like, she was in the military. So she gets like, um, veteran, uh, checks. She has social security so she doesn't work because like right now she's a she doesn't none of her kids live with her they're all adults so i last time i checked she was lived in minnesota that's neither here nor there but she gets monthly money but because she is so i don't know she has this in her mind that she's bougie so she doesn't use her money wisely so she'll get it all and by the middle of the month she doesn't have anything left so I remember her asking me for money once and it was I mean I had already graduated and like I think I was at work or something like that and she kept calling me and finally when I answered the phone I was like I didn't answer you the hundredth time that you called me because I was at work and I was like I know you don't work so you forget that other people are at work and they can't answer the phone but you cannot be calling me like that and then I will never forget what she said she was like 
she was like you um she apparently googled how much a nurse makes which is stupid because how do they know how much i make did you google the specific place i work at did you do the state she just probably just did the the average amount and every state is different that's neither here nor there and she was like you know she was like you you find you a white man he's taking care of you giving you all kinds of money and you can't give me any and i was like i know you're making money because you're a nurse like first first of all how dare you take like take pride not take pride how dare you take um try and take a piece of money that you had no 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 help in me getting everything i've ever owned the college i went to i paid for nursing school everything i ever had i I paid for myself and i was like granted my boyfriend is white but he is not the reason i'm successful i'm successful because i did it myself i don't he doesn't pay he hasn't paid my way we we take care of our child and we live together so granted our money is together but like that's clearly how she sees me as i'm with this white man because he takes care of me like what how i i will never forget that and i feel like a lot of people see a white a white man with a black woman and that's what they they assume i've seen them say that about serena williams that girl has her own money she don't she had money before she met her husband that has nothing to do with it and it makes me so angry no one does that when it's a black man with a white woman but when a black woman is with a white man they just assume that you don't have any money so and you're a gold digger so i i really appreciated this episode because it it shed some light into you know not only the way people look at us but the way we look at ourselves like your accomplishments aren't diminished because, you know, you got a little leg up or you're not, your success isn't based off, you know, your white husband's privilege. You did all that yourself. And just because you happen to fall in love with a white man doesn't make, you know, your success any different than if your husband was black. And I, and that's a point that I took from it. Um, that people i don't i don't think people really even think about when they see a black woman with a white man it's just something they automatically assume and it's utterly ridiculous but um they kind of pointed shed some light on it it was a funny way of shedding light on it so that it's not so morbid and and it doesn't make you angry but it's a real thing that people think i know i didn't tell my story very well um but basically you know that's the gist of it so i was just happy to see this episode play out santi had me dying but the overall theme of it and the you know i guess the moral of the story i appreciate it and i did like (laughs) the the you know the j kid bo needs some help with that ending though she really needs to stop um and i like he called her a kid and she thought it was like a pet name like girl bye (laughs) lord um yeah i'm gonna end it here oh i ended up talking for a long time my bad (laughs) so i'm just gonna end it here until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch be me out that was queen mimi with her thoughts on the episode so starting with mixed dish uh yeah i see what you're saying where you're going with 
what you took from the episode i'm not sure if the show was trying to say that but maybe that's kind of where i was kind of convoluted with what they were trying to say um i'm with you 100 percent. first off that story oh i can't deal with people <laughs> i really can't that really pisses me off and it's always ignorant people though but do you know what it also is jealousy it's any way to try to demean you for your own accomplishments so that they do not fit themselves feel insecure that they a had no part of you helping accomplish what you accomplished but b you still in the same shit show that you always been and you've gotten better you've done better for yourself so the first thing they try to do is tear your ass down i know i have family members that do it often sometimes they know it sometimes they don't um (laughs) i have one that consciously sometimes really doesn't know what they're doing but it's just an ingrained type of um behavior and then you touch it on how people perceive white women or white men with the relationship with black women you're absolutely right i remember the comments um i would always receive which is you know what's he doing for you he had to be doing something for me to get me so not only (laughs) is it really shitting on like he has to offer money or whatever to try to get a black queen right so enough to realize that black queens are worthwhile however if a black woman is to get with the white man it's because she is taking advantage of how does that correlate it doesn't because people for some reason have much a harder time comprehending this type of relationship than they do the opposite black men they can fuck whoever they want it doesn't matter it don't have the same type of ideas attached to that the same type of stereotypes that are blasted for and for some reason the black woman always has the tendency to feel the brunt of that but in my humble opinion black women just are at the bottom of a food chain whether that chain is within our own race or outside of our own race because we could also get in how black men treat their black women uh that's a whole other situation talk that we don't talk about as much uh so yeah i like the points that you were bringing up i think they're all very relevant i think it's sad that people think that way um that you need to but i also like i said i think that's that's just an excuse for them that you're dating a white man that's almost like oh he has to have something if you getting with him or vice versa it becomes a status thing more so than he's okay i guess that's one and the same um it just fucking weird people are fucking weird and that's what i i i really am working on trying to not get so bogged down on these people that can't be taught and start to find more people that are emotionally intelligent understand things and have conversations with them and it is really sad that that's something that's still prevalent in our society no matter what and i actually read this article online i can't remember who wrote it but she was talking about how more black women need to date white men uh and because a lot of black women don't do it because of that that consideration like oh i don't want to be seen as this that and the other thing but you're right alicia is like i did work for everything and that my own children don't seem to come 
to understand that is problematic for her and i do think instead of jay maybe it would have worked better if she took her own damn children in because we don't need to impress upon nothing to jay he's just this kid we met last week but your own family (laughs) i think it would have been a little bit more it would have hit that emotional beat that you took for it for me if it had been a little bit more closely related and she showed her children like oh you got life fucked up if you think that everything i got is because your daddy is white like let me show you the other side of it let me just drive you through the ghetto let me (laughs) have you hear the things that be that people say and then we come back and we talk about it that is sometimes the best way in which you have to throw people out there so that they can understand society is to take them out of the bubble and then bring them back to a safe place where they can have the conversation a little bit more transparently and be able to express themselves that is more beneficial to me than making a competition with your white husband and then acting like he's the only one with the problem because you're feeling some kind of way because you married a white man and people don't understand that you work for all your shit but i like the way your take on it was much (laughs) much better concise uh telling of what they were really trying to accomplish there i'm still on the fence and i'm with my feelings of i don't think they did a great execution but what's this whole idea that just because you're white you got money like what kind of shit is that that's that's we kind of made that same damn excuse oh you caucasian so you must got something no there there are poor white people too i see them every day i do they ain't got no more money than just because that society might see them a little differently don't mean that they ain't sitting their ass in the ghetto right next to my ass and let me tell you something i'm doing a whole lot better (laughs) i'm not really in the ghetto i say i'm in the ghetto but i'm not in the ghetto but i guess i am in the ghetto depending on your standard of what is the ghetto and then going on to 911, Maddie being Buck's mom, that didn't even cross my damn mind, girl. <laughs> Your freaking theories had me dying. And yeah, she should not have told him. I thought that was really trashy on her, especially talking about I'm not gonna, and not even bring it up, I'm not even gonna tell him. So it's not like I'm telling you because this is about to come out and you need to know. I'm telling you, and this will never come out, and I don't want you to say anything and then yes the internet keeps spying on all of us i do the same thing i type in or i google something and the next thing i know it's on instagram or i don't go on facebook too much but it'll pop up in random places face uh, youtube is one of the ones that pops up the most for me and i'm like um yeah y'all are totally getting but i mean how much do i care that people are knowing that i'm looking at this outfit because you can put it in my face all damn day long (laughs) i'm not buying it (laughs) if i didn't buy it then you could chase me around to my you can haunt me with that dress until my death i'm still not buying it so you need to do better if you're going to do all this shit you need to point if you want it to be working the way you want it to work then you need to put out better options because anything i i guess i'm a conscious buyer though if you're someone who's a clickbait buyer and which a lot of this general younger generation is i could see this being uh beneficial but i'm like nah i need to go look at the the yelp reviews (laughs) i gotta investigate before i make any online purchases even hotels now i'm like i'm not trusting nobody with nothing i need to get real life reviews i ain't never been to colorado i need to see what i'm walking into 
and then yes but can adopt christopher yes i did like that last episode and yes i would never get a smart no i don't that's so stupid but i do think that while i don't want to lose christopher i think we gonna lose eddie i have a feeling he is gonna be written off the show that's just something i feel in my gut in the way in which they are pacing out his story i'm and he's being just so supportive he's very supportive character right now of just about everyone i know you got your whole idea but it's not my job to teach you we could have taught you offline we didn't know (laughs) some things at some point in history we don't need to teach you anymore it's kind of common sense right and that's where i don't think as quite frankly any black showrunner is going to have someone you're right it's not a firing offense but if you can't even come to an understanding or you know you you can't more than ever now work morale is starting to become relevant and that's what it's all about it's not so much you can't change it's not that you did make a mistake it's what does your current actions or possible past actions what is that going to do to the current working environment how are you going to make other people around you feel knowing what you have put out there about yourself and that is and it should be because i've been in work situations where this person like why the fuck is she still here everyone knows this that the other thing and yet we have not fired them well that's not a fire offense okay so that's not a fire offense but you make people feel uncomfortable every time you are around you i know a few people and they would be high up on the chain and you have to deal with that and you really coming to work shouldn't have to deal with that in an uncomfortable work environment i think that that's it's a it's a point to be made if they decide to write him off like no i'm not gonna fire you but i don't have to i can lay you off and like you said i guess that is fine (laughs) in a sense but it's not like defamation like an immediate firing like uh ralph right like killer like you mentioned killer frost storylines like that's someone who might get benched a little bit if that's the case that the terminology we put out there what did she really get benched i'm still of the opinion where we go back and forth is her action i don't think they're a firing offense are they are you making your people uncomfortable yes does that need to be addressed absolutely do you need to be on probation a hundred percent but sometimes you might not be able to go back that way it really depends and it is up to the showrunner and um apparently on one side we ain't getting that person fired or written out of the show on this side they may it looks like they're still in the show but i think they might actually be written out of the show it's just as you said it's a flip of the coin and okay so with the buck situation i think you are you're right on that but like that's kind of fucked up and we don't know all that much it could also be that this kid was sick the brother and then you know how some people you need bone marrow or whatever you need an extra kidney or you need something so that the other one will live and so you make a baby as a replacement baby i mean being a replacement baby at all is a horrible maybe (laughs) and i feel you were like well what's what's the big deal about being a replacement no that's a big fucking deal that means you weren't wanted (laughs) um if you were uh, i had one where the the one that was made for her bone marrow like she kept her alive just so she could or she made her so she could keep her sister alive or help keep her sister alive but it's gonna cause some serious mental feelings (laughs) when you are um 
you know, when you are that particular child, because you feel something isn't right, you're not born with the same type of motivation or love, or you don't get that afterwards, because you are more of a thing or an object than you are their son. And I think the more maybe we get information the next week, either way, even if it's not the case, he was used for uh, spare parts, just to be you know, immediately after the death, like we came together because we're trying to recreate that life instead of <laughs> make a life in which we want to continue a legacy. It's, it's, eh, I can see it fucking you up and it being a big deal, <laughs> a much bigger deal um, that I wouldn't want to tell anybody that's your inception. That's where your, your concept, your concept came from. It's worse if he's spare parts. Cause that means that the son died and then they're left with what they never really wanted in the first place. But even after without the spare parts thing, you're still a son. That's not the son we wanted. And we're still mourning him and we can't get over him. And looking at you, you're the one that we didn't necessarily want. <laughs> And now every time we see you, we're reminded of him, which is not okay. And you're not him because they had all those years, like 14, 15 is a lot of years with someone and then trying to recreate that. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that being something to fuck up your psyche. So that was Queen Mimi's thoughts on this episode or these two episodes. We will get your thoughts on next week's. But before we do, let's hear what our shyness has to say. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my thoughts and feelings on the two latest episodes of Mixedish and 911. Um, I know I missed out on the previous ones, and for the life of me, I can't remember what those episodes were about. So. My feedback is only going to um, talk about um, the latest two from Mixition 911 and not the week prior to that. So I'll just leave that up to you and Mimi to talk about um, on those. As for these two, I enjoyed Mixish um, a lot. That was pretty funny. Um, as usual, Paul and Alicia being extra in their dealings with <laughs> whatever it is for the week. Um, in this one, um, Paul decides to bring a one of his students, one of his black male students home for whatever reason. Um, the I think he said the parents were going out of town. And so he decided to take uh, the kid, Jay, under his wing and help him out with his college applications and all that stuff, which I'm not quite sure why he needed to do that or felt he needed to do that. That part wasn't really explained as why his parents couldn't do that, help him with that. But that's neither here nor there. Um, he brings him home and we see Rainbow. <laughs> Um, have her first and not last um, crush on a black man or black male um, I guess that started her journey to where she's at now on blackish um, <laughs> but um, yes Jay was the first and um, yeah so of course she was extra in her bid to get his attention and um yeah so paul and alicia decide to have this 
competition of who can be who they thought was the better role model out of the two the white male or the black female and so Alicia took it a step further and said yeah let me bring uh, sorry Jay to my born behind job and so he can see what it's like for a successful black woman again not sure why she needed to do that don't know what Jay's parents do for a living but they took it upon themselves to (laughs) be the beacon of hope I guess and so they she takes them to her job where again I'm not even I mean I get it when you're doing your job and it's something you're passionate about something you love you just think others are gonna feel the same way about it but I don't know how she could have thought that some teenage boy was gonna be excited about sitting in some conference room talking about papers pushing papers but uh because I, I mean even at my age I was looking at it and I'm like no <laughs> that is definitely not something I would even remotely be interested in doing it was boring as hell but anyway um so there's Alicia again showing him around trying to get him to aspire to do great things um by showing her what she does by showing him what she does and yeah we also have alicia giving jay the black tax speech about having to work twice as hard to get half as far and um again not understanding why she felt compelled to be the one to give him that speech when he has perfectly good parents from all accounts but I guess I don't know anyway (laughs) and we have Santi and Johan raining on Alicia's parade and her little speech (laughs) um with uh pointing out that uh her father-in-law gave her the job that she got that she did get something (laughs) i mean i wouldn't say she got it for nothing but it was handed to her it wasn't something that um she worked towards um in the beginning so and she did get a leg up because of i mean they weren't wrong (laughs) she did initially get the job because that's his daughter-in-law so yeah so yeah Santi and Johan thought it was the perfect time to point that out to her while uh Alicia was on her soapbox and uh she didn't appreciate it too much Paul gets his lesson from I forget the guy's name his neighbor who talks about um you know helps him realize that you know even though he has good intentions and he means well that sometimes you know being the great white hope is not is not looked upon how white people intended to be looked upon um you know depending on the person's motives and so it's not always uh you know black people aren't always looking to white people as if you know with this great grateful attitude um because you felt you know you deem yourself worthy to come in in our lives and save us from ourselves yeah i mean that could be seen as insulting and seen as you know as you know you're looking at us like we're less than so yeah i mean that was definitely you know an important thing to understand because yeah uh, 
it's it's not from a malicious place that you know the white person is coming from nor the black person it's just that you know when again depending on the person and the the white person's motives or why they're helping and what they're trying to get out of it 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 goes a long way so I also have to give a shout out some love to the music that's another thing I love about this show because it does bring me back down memory lane with some of the songs like the Billy Ocean song in this one suddenly you know I, yeah I was definitely singing along with the lyrics on I mean with the song in this one um, brought back memories from my childhood all right on to 911 now on this one I was about to get heated if they went another and I do remember this from the previous episode that Maddie told Chinny this family secret and so which rolled into this episode where Chinny is struggling to keep this secret um because he's not good at it which again I mean Maddie should have known that so yeah I'm not quite sure why <laughs> why she felt the need to tell him knowing that he would have a hard time keeping the secret but yeah and uh, my thing about this one was you know they just kept on if they didn't reveal this thing in this episode I was gonna get pissed because I'm the way they were going about it just prolonging it prolonging it you know talking around it you know chimneys going as far as telling the perfect stranger the bomber guy in the building about it off screen of course so we didn't even know what it was um and then of course chimney almost (laughs) the part that cracked me up I mean I was dying I busted out laughing when he was trying to tell Albert on the basketball <laughs> on the basketball court and Albert was not having any of that crap. He was like, <laughs> he was like Chin's like, I just gotta tell someone and your family so I could tell you. And Albert was like, Hell no. He's busted out of there. <laughs> he, yeah, so that was funny. He got the hell out of there. Like, nope, I don't want no part of this. You can keep that crap to yourself. So yeah, that was unexpected. I did not expect to know <laughs> to jet like that. Um, so yeah, so we meet the parents. I don't know if we met them before. Um, probably not. Yeah, no. I mean, I think we met them when Maddie talked to them over the phone. But anyway, so they come out and yeah, they're the as described as advertised. You know, not the most affectionate or warm parents very critical overly critical but we do finally in the end um pardon me just as the episode is going off find out that there is a sibling that um they had um that died daniel so after maddie but before buck and so not quite sure why that's a secret (laughs) i mean i don't it doesn't i don't understand why that had to be a secret like why couldn't they let buck know he had a older brother that died i mean maybe it i mean obviously we just found out 
at the end of this episode so maybe they can explain it to where it makes sense to why you would need to keep that a secret and then I'm thinking about like don't they got extended family like nobody talks about the kid because it looks like he was a good you know seven eight nine years old like he's an older kid um it's not like he was like a baby and died you know I mean he lived a little bit of life so I'm not I I, I don't get it I mean I'm they're gonna have to explain to me why that had to be a secret to where that would make sense um we also got May struggling with that 911 call in the beginning where the woman is complaining about everybody in her neighborhood you know the nightmare neighbor thank god i don't have anyone like that in my neighborhood because that would drive me nuts i would hate living with someone that did stuff like that but um she ended up being shot and killed and so the mystery ensues on who done it and i will say that this was definitely a twist that i was not expecting whatsoever um because when they were going around talking to the different neighbors i was like who could i was like at a loss as to which neighbor it could be and then of course when they talk about the flower um yeah the whodunit seemed to have been obvious and then the very interesting twist at the end was a bit crazy so yeah um the woman ends up shooting herself by accident <laughs> by tripping over the uh the gnomes is that what they're called those little gnomes um but anyway up until that point may that was may was on the call when this all happened so she struggled with this woman dying and you know processing that type of thing and i will say it is tough you know because the you know the job that i do and i know that mimi does where you're dealing with um life and death situations and people die on you and you do question that you know you question what you could have done different what could you seen different I mean along with that I mean I deal with um abuse um victims and things of that nature so yeah I mean I'm not gonna get into all that but yeah it does this is something that you struggle with in the beginning and leaving that stuff at work and not bringing stuff home but it's not always easy I mean I'm not gonna lie there are days I can't sleep I you know for things that happen at work and you know things that I can't let go of so it's an ongoing daily struggle and some days I'm good at compartmentalizing and other days I'm not depending on what the situation is since I didn't see the episode where they went to Texas so apparently there was a two-part special um the previous episode and I didn't even watch the the second one with the Lone Star the 911 Lone Star one so I have no idea what happened they were referring to it but no idea um maybe they, that yeah I think that's the gist of it for 911 um I can't think of anything else um so yeah like I said very interested in seeing the rationale for not telling Buck that he had a brother that died and um 
yeah i think that's basically it so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy so apparently i was the only one (laughs) that was putting down what 911 was trying to say about the whole maddie buck situation it's it's all good either i'm completely wrong or i'm completely right and apparently uh, my mind's so dark and horrible that it went immediately to the next part of that story which would make it a secret (laughs) i've also seen a similar storyline not this one in particular but like in dick whiff shows had a really great one where he like fucked over the whole family and it was all because you always had me compete with him and he's a dead person oh i love that fucking one of my favorite episodes uh so that's why my mind automatically connected that but hey i could be proven wrong and this could just be like well why is this a secret but i think because it is a secret my suppositions are right uh what else did you say in your feedback uh yes very difficult jobs that you ladies have and compartmentalizing is never easy uh i definitely could not continue on my career path when i realized i'm not good at compartmentalizing in that particular matter not when no because i'm like these are my babies i can't no but i also do not enjoy the um the blood i just never could get past that part but definitely a lot of admiration for those who have to struggle with that so i'm glad they did address i think there was another show can't remember if it was chicago med or a different show but they were talking about how a lot of the first year residents flunk out or have drug problems or commit suicide they said the suicide rate was particularly high for people getting into like nursing uh, for the first time emergency room uh, in particular i too did not watch that uh the the lone star i tried i really did i got about three episodes into the first season and i i couldn't do it i was like this is not the same and it's probably because i it's in texas look i'm not a fucking texas fan especially right now okay i'm not i talk to a lot of texans maybe the the texans that i would relate to just don't call my company (laughs) but i am not a huge that in florida they're on my fucking list right now but yeah i i didn't get behind the whole uh no and most of the characters like that one guy seems overly angry I really did like the one character of Muslim descent, I believe, or Israeli. I'm not sure. I if I fucked that up, I apologize. But I thought there could have been something going on with there, but they seem to want to only magnify the fact that she was pretty. Uh <laughs> maybe it got better in time, and that was just my very short, short time frame with the series, but it didn't didn't like it, and I still did not um go for the crossover so when they were referring to it i was acting like it didn't happen (laughs) and i think we've talked about mixed dish enough i think you brought up the one consistency that i kept bringing up which was who is jay and what's his life story like because we didn't know and they didn't seem interested in telling us 
and that is how we shall wrap up the din this week if you want to send feedback you can send it to blackocouch at gmail.com you can also leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease black or magic <laughs>